And we are live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Matthew Paris Show. I'm your host, Matthew Paris. I was supposed to have a guest with me today. Uh, Alan was supposed to come back and talk with me. Uh, he's, you know, Dallas Cowboys fan. It would have been great to have him on, but for whatever reason, he couldn't make it today. So I'm going to do the show by myself. We're going to talk about a bunch of things. We're going to talk about the MLB trade. So let's get into it. Uh, MLB trade uh, deadline was yesterday. Um, all the players, uh, Max Scherzer went to Texas Rangers. He signed with the Texas Rangers. He came from the New York Mechs. Um, the Texas Rangers are still first in the American League West, um, followed closely by the Houston Astros, who is second. Let's talk about the Houston Astros real quick. I'm from the great city of Houston, so I got to mention them. The Houston Astros had just uh, acquired Justin Verlander out of the New York Mets. He is coming back to Houston. Uh, welcome back to Houston, Justin Verlander. Uh, and also, I have to give a shout out to his wife. Welcome back, Kate Upton. Um, yeah, so uh, supposedly yesterday after the deal was made, Justin Verlander texted uh, the catcher, Martin Montadanu, and said, let's go. You know, let's let's go win another one. Let's go uh, get another World Series. Let's go get a uh, – let's go beat the Yankees, who is in their division. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I, do I think it's a great – trade yes it is i believe he'll do well for us everybody in the city of houston is excited to have him back um now this comes from uh the new york mets which said that uh that verlander had gone to the new york mets after the end of this season after he got his world series against the phillies with the houston astros uh verlander they paid him i believe 38 million out of two years for to be a new york met so it was a two-year contract with Verlander to be a New York Met. He lasted for about six months, and now he's coming back to Houston. Um, I remember watching a game with the New York Mets and watching an interview on SportsCenter with, with Verlander, and Verlander looked like he was not happy being there um, for whatever reason. You know, the Mets are kind of struggling right now. I remember when the um, – it's Sports Illustrated, I believe – had the Astros and the Mets going to the World Series at the beginning, at the start of the season. So it looks – and now the Mets are struggling to to probably make the playoffs. It's part of the reason why Max Scherzer went to the Rangers. It's part of the reason why Verlander is going back to the Astros. So um, so that's good. The uh, Verlander, I believe, also asked Kate. Kate had also said that she likes the city of Houston. They're – their children, their daughter likes the city of Houston. She's made a lot of friends here. And I think the Houston Astros women's sweater that Kate sells on her website in her clothing brand does very well with the ladies in the city of Houston. So, uh, so we're all excited to have them back. It's going to be great. Now we do lose Houston Astros do lose a couple of prospects here. I say we, because I'm from Houston, I'm an Astros fan. Um, we do lose a couple of prospects here. We lose our number one pick and our number uh, four prospects out of the Houston Astros. They're both outfielders. Um, Drew Gilbert is the number one pick. And uh, I think Ryan, Ryan something, is a uh, is the number four pick. Let me look him up right here. I have it right here. It's uh, reported by um, – yeah, I have it right here. So reported by ESPN. Ryan Clifford is the name. So Ryan Clifford. So they're both outfielders. They were both in the minor league system for the Houston Astros, and now they're going to the New York Mets. So what does this mean for the Mets? Is this a good deal for the Mets? I don't know. You know, uh, 
uh, Ryan Clifford and Drew Gilbert were not in the Astros uh, major league system just yet. They come from the minor league system. I think one of them comes from single A ball and double A ball, the Corpus Christi hooks. So, um, so yeah, so I do believe the Mets are getting them, you know, they were top prospects for outfielding. So we'll see, we'll see. I mean, we got, we got all our outfielders that the Houston Astros need. They have Corey Jolk, they have uh, King Tuck, Ryan, uh, uh, Kyle Tucker, excuse me. And um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see where this pans out. Um, I know everybody in the city of Houston, including myself, is excited to have Verlander back. He's a you know Cy Young winner. He won the Cy Young last year with the Astros. And we'll see. So welcome back, Justin Verlander. And uh, we'll see how he does. All right, moving on. Let's, uh, let's talk about uh, what happened in uh, history. So we're going to talk about, I wrote an article uh, about a couple of weeks ago where uh, if anybody knows the name Don Calhoun, who is a guy who hit a million-dollar shot uh, back in 1993 in the Chicago area, Chicago Bulls versus the Miami Heat. Jordan had 22 points in the first half, and Chicago had a contest. Now, we've all seen this before. We've had fan contests where a lucky fan gets uh, pulled out from the, from the stands and goes down and tries to hit a half-court shot. They've they've hit half court shots before, um, you know, for far less. You know, uh, we've had people hit half court fans hit half court shot from from uh, for a thousand dollars. We've had fans hit half court shots for for a sixteen inch flat screen TV. And back in the mid early nineties, um, NBA along with I believe sponsors like American Express and Nike and Foot Locker. Foot Locker had a deal where it was called the NBA Million Dollar Shot, which is basically people uh, can enter the contest and basically they pick you out. If you're lucky enough, they pick you out. And, you know, you go down and you're mentored for, for a moment from an NBA player to try to see if he could hit the three-point shot to win a million dollars. Now, a three-point shot, Seems easy, right? So about over a million people entered the contest and six, or I'm sorry, excuse me, I believe four were chosen. And out of these four, you know, we had one in the Phoenix area. I believe one was in the San Antonio area for the Spurs organization. And they had these four guys who had practiced and tried to hit a three-point shot. They just picked these guys out randomly, you know. So uh, – None of them made it. None of them made the shot. So I think one hit the backboard. I'm sorry, two hit the backboard, and and one clanked off the rim, and one was an air ball. It was about two feet from the rim. So none of them made it. And then so they closed down the contest in the mid-'90s. And then uh, 1993, Don Calhoun is selected to uh, take an 80-foot shot, not even half court, like all the way up on the other side of the court to try to make this shot for a million dollars, right? So he entered the contest. Um, however, the promotions for the NBA and the insurance company, you know, they have the best lawyers come out and, you know, really look over the rules for the contest. So one of the rules was that a guy could not play organized basketball within the five years before the contest, right? When Don Calhoun entered the contest, he told the promotion, the Chicago Bulls promotion and the insurance company, that, hey, I played organized basketball for this uh, adult league, and, um, you know, is that going to be a problem? They said no, because uh, the insurance company was making money. You know, they had people lead up to, to the shot where hardly anybody could uh, 
could make the shot. And, you know, it's full court shot, so it's going to be very, very difficult. So uh, they just waved that rule off. So guess what? Doc Calhoun goes over there. He throws the ball. Guess what? The shot goes in. Um, Jordan hugs him. The Chicago Bulls franchise hug him. He just won himself a million dollars. Um, the, the referee even comes over and congratulates him. But you know what happens? Um, he does not uh, get paid by the insurance company because of a technicality. They said that, um, you know, he played organized basketball and he can't, you know, three years ago and it was a five-year deal and he could not be paid. So kind of, you know, not very good for him. So Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls had taken, you know, had figured this out because it was all over the Chicago press. So, so Michael Jordan and a few of the Bulls, I, I believe, including Scottie Pippen at that time, went up to ownership and said, hey, we got to pay this guy his money. You know, he, he earned it. So, uh, so there was a few talks. The insurance company wasn't going to do it. The Bulls had first said they did not want to do it. And then later out came like a year later, came to the press and said, OK, we're going to do it. He said, we're going to pay this guy over a, uh, I guess, a 50 year period. And he received his first check. Don Calhoun received his first check for $50,000. So eventually, you know, he's going to get paid throughout a 50-year period. Um, and that was back in 1993. <coughs> a year later, um, uh, Don Calhoun, I heard that Jordan was in the area. He was going to see one of his son's basketball games. So uh, Calhoun gets a basketball and gets his jersey, hoping to get signed by Michael. And he goes and Michael has security all around him, but he figured Michael knows that he's there, calls him down. And the first thing he said was, did you get your money? <laughs> so uh, him and Doc Calhoun had uh, had talked a little bit, but Michael at the time was at his kid's basketball game. He did not sign the ball for him. But uh, however, about six months later, he got a, uh, a, uh, a gift. Doc Calhoun got a gift in the, in the mail and said, you know, with the signed basketball, it said Michael Jordan, including, I believe, uh, a few of his Jordan sneakers that are signed. So uh, eventually, you know, Don Calhoun won out. He did get his money and uh, over the years. And, um, yeah, so that was our little history lesson there today, too. So, uh, so yeah, um, also in history, uh, if you guys know the, the name of Mr. Doherty, I believe it's Sam Doherty. Um, 1986 NBA draft. He was the first pick. Hang on. Let me, let me look it up here. Um, let's see here. 1986 NBA drafts, Brad Doherty. So his name is Brad Doherty. Brad Doherty was the first pick of the 1986 NBA draft to the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was the big guy. He was a center. He was tall. He was supposed to lead the Cavaliers to a uh, NBA title. Of course, he ran to Michael Jordan, and the rest is history. You know, Jordan knocked him out of the playoffs a couple times. So, uh, but growing up, Brad Doherty had always wanted to race cars. He did not want to be a professional basketball player, which he turned out to be, but he wanted to race cars. Um, so he, um, so he went to the NBA. He said, "This is going to be a means to an end." Um, went to the NBA, made, made some money. And then he made so much money that he bought out his own, uh, his own NASCAR team. He is actually the first African American owner of a NASCAR team to win the Daytona 500. So yeah. So congrats to him. 
Um, he always wanted to race cars after he retired from the NBA after a short time. He went on and uh, got his own NASCAR team. And I believe he also um, tried to get the first African-American driver. He tried to promote him, and it actually didn't work out for him at the time. But now there, there are several African-American drivers, so there's long strides being made to motorsports and NASCAR and, and Indianapolis and everything else. Um, actually, uh, I believe Mr. Brad Doherty also runs the, the, uh, a school where – he has uh, young African-American kids come in and learn the pit, how to how to uh, work a race car, how to change a tire, stuff like that. So that that's that's a great thing. So congratulations on that that part of history. And congratulations, Mr. Brad Doherty. Uh, it's always interesting. Um, you know, Randy Johnson, a great pitcher at one time, you know, now he's a sports photographer after he retired from the MLB. So it's a. Uh, it's a great thing what these guys do. You know, there's always a plan B if plan A is, uh, is worked a little bit, it's not working anymore. So yeah. Um, in other news in sports, we have the United States women's national soccer team who have the women's world cup, the 2023 world cup, the U S women's soccer team faced against, uh, I believe Portugal. It was the score zero, zero, nobody scored. That means it leads to a tie. There are no penalty kicks, no PKs at this point in that group. It leads to a tie. So, but the good news is the United States moves on to the next round. Um, so, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, I believe the United States has another game coming up uh, pretty soon here, and uh, hopefully they can capture their third, third um, United States Women's World Cup. Uh, other than that, you know, we talked about the MLB trade line. We, we talked about certain other things. And, uh, yeah, so I have to say, you know, welcome back to Houston, Joseph Verlander. And uh, I think it's going to be great. And MLB is uh, is a great thing. And baseball is a great thing. So, yeah. And uh, on my next episode, I should have another uh, another guest pretty soon. I don't know what happened to uh, Alan, but he's not here with us. And uh, it was a great show. It was a very quick show. So before we go, though, make sure I hit that you hit that little subscribe button right down there. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Parrish Show. Okay? All right. Everybody take care. All right. Bye.